Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Uh, I'd like to talk to you today about separation. Separation. I'll be starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. In what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. We, as children of God, are a temple of the living God. The word temple is important to God because it is mentioned 182 times in Scripture. Many times in Scripture it is also called a house. If we are saved or what the Bible calls born again, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit live in this house. This is the Trinity's dwelling place. Have you ever thought of this? If he be for you, who can be against you? If he be in you, who or what can be against you? Nothing physically, mentally, or spiritually in this world. Do we realize what we have when we have God in us seven days a week? Nothing in this universe can compete with that. You could never, I said, you could never have a problem greater than that. And the one that says he is a great I am will never leave you nor forsake you. He did not say, I'll think about it or I'll consider it because that is a promise and our God never lies. 1 Corinthians 3.17 1 Corinthians 3.17 If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? So we know we are the temple of God if we are saved. God said he would destroy it if we defiled it. If a man is covered in tattoos before he is saved, he can still go to heaven like anyone else. But once he comes to that knowledge of the truth, and intentionally defiles the temple, that is another story. Only God can determine what his outcome will be. I would not want to gamble my body for an eternity in hell. Now, we understand we are no longer under the Old Testament law, but do you think God cares or is concerned any less about the temple, your body today? He said, you shall not print any marks upon your body. What part of ye shall not do we not understand? The Bible says in Leviticus 19.28, Leviticus 19.28, Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. If we use God as our authority, you should not be confused about whether or not you should get a tattoo. Now, if you got tattooed before you learned this in Leviticus, 
you got them according to what the Bible calls sins unawares. Did you know Job offered sin offerings for his children for sins unawares? Sins they did not even know they had committed. But today, under grace, we ask for forgiveness and then forsake that sin or give it up. It's not complicated. Just obey God. The Bible says, come out from among them. Who is the them? That would be anyone living in the world that is not saved or, or a born-again individual. They have nothing in the way of holiness that they can offer you. Did you know there is a highway of holiness? There is a highway even for the wayfaring man. What is a wayfaring man? Someone that wanders around aimlessly without a real purpose in life. Sometimes you'll see them sleeping on the streets. God says even if they follow the highway of holiness, they will not err or, or make a mistake by following that road. They might be unclean or even fools, but if they follow the highway of holiness, it can only improve their lives. I'll be looking in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8. The Bible says, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. The Bible says, uh, It is a way. Jesus said, I am the way. Hebrews twelve fourteen, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The Bible says if men don't follow that way, they will never see the Lord. No one on earth will have an excuse. You know, I have as much compassion on the poor as anybody else, but I do not have compassion on those that, on those that choose to live that way. Now we've been talking about sins of the flesh. What are sins of the flesh that destroy the body? Smoking. When you smoke or vape with e-cigarettes, it's like putting a stovepipe into your lungs, pumping it full of pollution. Your lung square footage is about the size of a tennis court. It goes from a healthy pink to black, stopped up with all kinds of impurities. It takes oxygen to keep your body alive. The doctor examined my mother one day and said, if you don't quit smoking, you're going to die. She kept smoking two packs a day. They found her one morning sitting at the edge of her bed. Her heart had stopped because it was not getting enough air. God expects us to use our brain once in a while for common sense. You don't have to be a scholar. Just use a little bit of common sense. When people here today... Uh, that have AIDS start searching for an answer, they prolong their agony by medicine. Innocent people are also victims of other people's sins. Yes, I said sin because the homosexual lifestyle and the transgender lifestyle is sin. But you hardly ever hear that nowadays. They want to try to justify their sin. I'll be in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. Leviticus 18, 22. The Bible says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind and with womankind. It is an abomination. 
Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. God calls it an abomination. He also says, Thou shalt not. What part of that do we not understand? The world says to be tolerant of these folks. My Bible don't say that. Tolerant is a byword to justify sin. We also uh, like to use the word diverse. The world said we need to be more diverse. They also like the world offend. Do not offend anyone. If it does not line up with God, I don't care who it offends. And they are welcome to call me anything they wish to call me. Our children are being taught to be tolerant and not to offend and to be inclusive. That is not biblical. And here lies a big problem. Many across this country and the world will not teach or preach this for fear of offending the church flock. They fear man and had rather keep their church members in their paycheck. These are people who are either ignorant of the word or are people that have no biblical character. Biblical character is something we could examine from time to time. It is something we can grow into as we go through the word. That is something we are talking about here today. Biblical character using some common sense. This is something the vast majority is missing today. Biblical character and common sense. Another part of Christian character should be honesty. I've never seen a time of more dishonest people. People that spend seven days a week trying to scam you out of something. I only found one place in scripture where it talks about people that should be honest and that is in its church leaders. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 says this. 1 Timothy 2 2. For kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. All that are in authority are church leaders. We are to be examples of other people to follow in all godliness and honesty. Another character trait is lying. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 5. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 5. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness shall utter lies. Those are two traits a Christian should practice on a regular basis. Honesty and truthfulness. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 8, 21. Providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Jesus Christ is a faithful witness and will not lie. He said if we turn to him, he will not only sanctify, but he will seal our salvation. You could never unseal it. His seal cannot be broken. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You know, God don't lie and he never breaks a promise. We are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. I heard a fellow ask another fellow one day, he said, are you born again? He said, I am so saved, I am pasteurized, homogenized, and sanctified. In other words, 
He had the real thing. Look, don't be a talker only. If you talk the talk, walk the walk. There are many that are quick to claim they are Christians, but do they walk the walk? Are they fruitful in the Lord? Do they help in any way to lead others to the Lord? Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The Bible says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. It is not only a tree of life, but a tree of eternal life. I don't know of anything greater than eternal life, which is a free gift from God. You cannot win it in a lottery. You cannot work for it. It is a free gift. Those of us that are still alive and are capable of speaking are also capable of, capable of leading someone to Christ. Do not ever make the mistake of thinking you have to be a Sunday school teacher or a pastor to do that. You have the same opportunity as we do, and trust me, we need all the help we can get. My wife brought something to my attention out of the Baptist bread. It's a little paper we read. She read where many preachers have become sanctified sissies. I like that. I remember one time um, when my Bible teacher from Gulf Coast Bible Institute taught for about a week on 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, where it said, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. In other words, we have too many sanctified sissies. Don't mention sin or hell or the blood. You might offend someone. We need strong men that will stand flat-footed and tell the truth. There is nothing wrong with getting angry at sin. Jesus did when he overturned the money changers at the temple. There is nothing wrong with righteous judgment. People say, oh, thou shalt not judge. They need to go back and study their Bible. All we have to remember as Christians is to separate ourselves from the world. We are going to be in the world, but we do not have to be of the world. Why? First of all, the world is God's enemy. If it is God's enemy, it needs to be our enemy. When God sees this friendship with the world, he calls it spiritual adultery. We belong to Christ and he is our bridegroom. We are to be faithful to him and not give ourselves to the world. That means we are to reject the world's philosophies, the world's mentalities, the world's fashions, and the world's systems. Be ye separate. Spiritual adultery is just as serious as physical adultery, according to God. There has to be a deep devotion to the Savior for a right relationship with the Father. If you are on the side of the world, you are on the wrong side. If you are not with God, the Bible says you are against God. Choose this day whom you will serve. All we need to do from this point forward is what the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 13 says. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. We've got to look forward to. We've got a lot to look forward to. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed for all eternity. I'd like to close with this, asking you a question I always do. Are you 100% sure that you are going to go to heaven? Now, if you're 35%, 50%, 75%, even 99% sure you're going, 
I've got some sad news. You're not going to make it. Did you know that the Lord wants you to know 100% for a fact that you are going to have eternal life? He said in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, that you may know that you have eternal life. It's a no-so salvation. But here's something we have to do. We have to first recognize that we are a sinner. We all, shot, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all come short. When we recognize we are a sinner, then we need to repent of that sin. You know, you can repent a thousand times and it won't do you a bit of good unless you forsake that sin. That means give it up. Go another direction. When you go another direction and give it up and then believe on the finished work of the cross, believe that Jesus was crucified and he went to the he he he, he was resurrected. In other words, he come back from the dead three days later and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. If you believe that with all your heart and soul, the Bible don't say you might be. It says thou shalt be saved. You will be saved. You promised eternal life and God don't lie. If we'll recognize we're a sinner, repent of that sin, change that sin, uh, you know, and here's something a lot of Christians don't realize. That does not mean you're going to be a perfect human being and never make a mistake again. No, it does not. We will. We all fall short, even Christians. Sometimes they fall short. But that is not a green light to continue in that sin. That's not a green light. We have to give up that sin, be more holy, lean toward the holy things of the Lord and believe in the Lord and what happened to the cross, believe in the finished work of the cross, and thou shalt be saved. I hope you enjoyed this lesson. Look forward to seeing you again later on down the road. You folks have a good day.